0: Today on Blue 58, Aaron Rodgers has been better in 2019 than he's been in a few seasons, but some people seem to think he's a big reason for the Packers' struggles in the passing game. Do they have a point? Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of ThePowerSweep.com. I'm your host, John Muirdeck, happy to be with you here for another episode. Got a lot to talk about today, so let's get right down to it. I'd like to start with a question. From a listener. Normally, I don't uh, do full names when we when we do questions here, but this one I just couldn't resist, and I I, f- I feel fine sharing his name because well he, he shares his name with someone relatively famous. Ted Turner writes in. You constantly adhere to the concept that the pack simply lacks receivers beyond Adams who can create separation quickly, if at all. Sadly, so true. I think they're missing the boat with MVS, however. I watched him in college. He was a super catch-and-run guy. He'd catch a 12-yard pass in the flat and race 30 more yards. His footwork was poor, not shifty like Adams. He had unspectacular routes, but a dynamo in the short game. He extended those passes like an or unchained sprinter. The Pack seems to think of him as a deep threat guy to stretch the field great at times, but that's only effective if he also runs short comeback routes and the like. Your thoughts? Well, first, thanks, Ted, for writing in. Uh, If you have a question, don't hesitate to reach out. Facebook, Twitter, email at ThePowerSweep at 1959 at gmail.com. Reach out. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, Would love to answer your questions either on the air or via email. I think Ted is right on here. The Packers are not necessarily using MVS as well as they possibly could. And I don't want to get into so much how exactly they're using him, like formations, what routes he's running, stuff like that. But I think there are some things that we can talk about. First, he's right. Ted is right. Coming out of college, MVS was billed pretty much exclusively as a deep threat because he did that well in college, getting the ball either short or long and taking it the distance. The problem was. People knocked him a little bit for his route running. In his NFL.com scouting report, here are the first three weaknesses. His routes lack sharpness and consistent play speed. He gives away stop routes prematurely, and he is slow to gather and redirect in space. This is pretty typical of a college receiver. Routes, especially if you're a tremendous athlete like MBS was and is, are not quite optional, but pretty close. You can just be a physically overpowering dude in college and get away with it by just being a better athlete than everybody else. In the NFL, even if you run a 4-3-7 like Marquez valdes Scantling does, there's a lot of other guys who can be close enough to that speed that your athletic advantages are mitigated somewhat. I think there is a chance that he could be used a little bit better, but the Packers don't seem to be interested in doing that at all. The Packers this year have been using him almost exclusively as a deep threat this year, and two stats can show us exactly how. Pro Football Reference has this number called Yards Before Catch. Uh, They split your yards uh, as a receiver into air yards and yards after the catch, so air yards are how much or how far the ball travels in the air before it gets to you, and you catch it and run with it and go score a touchdown or whatever. In 2018, On average, the ball was traveling 9.8 yards before Marquez Valdez-Scantling made the catch. In 2019, that number is up to 13 yards, a little over three yards more this year. The ball has to travel farther because he's running further down the field. They are using him more as a deep threat. Sports Information Solutions has an even more precise number called average depth of target, how far you are down the field when they throw you the ball right? In 2018, Marquez Valdez-Scantling's average depth of target was 12.8 yards. In 2019, it's up to 16.4. That's a pretty deep shot. In fact, that is across the threshold for what we consider an explosive play at the power sweep. Every target for Marquez Valdez-Scantling, on average, is going to be an explosive play because the Packers are almost exclusively having him go deep. And to me, that's concerning that that's all they think about him from a scheme perspective and from a player development perspective. It's concerning that they don't think he's capable of doing anything else, that that's all they have him do. And it's concerning that he seems to be proving them right. All of his catches this year are pretty much those long, deep shot plays. So how could they change that? Well, he has some development he can do, But if change of direction is not his strong suit, I think you still have the option of of running either drag routes or screens with him. I don't know if I can recall him being used on a screen this year, but a drag route for sure is in his wheelhouse. That was the Jeff Janis special for a while. Those are some options for, for him to contribute if they don't want him to go deep and he's struggling with those comeback or more precise route running things. Overall, I think there is reason for optimism because these are correctable things, but maybe not all that much optimism. Here we are at the tail end of year two for MVS, so how much correcting is actually going to happen? He's closer actually to the start of year three than to the start of year one. Just in terms of a week by week thing. And in terms of the actual calendar, yes, it's it's a little bit farther apart, but I think you understand what I mean. How much development is really going to happen at this point that hasn't happened already? Yes, he's changed offensive systems, so has everybody else. That happens in the NFL a lot. You're pretty much the player you're going to be by this point. And if things don't start changing for him and soon, I think it's fair to wonder whether they ever will. The next thing I wanted to talk about today was circling back to one final note. Well, actually, two final notes on explosive plays. Last Wednesday's episode, we talked about how the Packers are actually generating explosive plays less frequently than they were under the final year of Mike McCarthy. A couple reasons for that. Uh, one, well, we talked about a bunch of them last week, but a couple more reasons that I've uncovered since then uh, that I didn't mention in the last week's episodes. First, the Packers are getting explosive plays from fewer players. In weeks one through eight, 13 different players on the Packers' offense contributed an explosive play for an average of 7.2 per game as a team. In weeks nine through 14, just six players have contributed an explosive play. The the Packers as a team are averaging just 5.4 per game. Those are two concerning and related trends, producing fewer on average and fewer fewer players producing them. That drop-off, I think, can largely be attributed to two players. MBS, who we have just spent some time talking about, has recorded zero explosive plays since he had a bunch of them against the Oakland Raiders, but zero since then. Geronimo Allison, meanwhile, has gone even longer. He has produced zero explosive plays since the Lions game. Concerning trends for the Packers. And all a part of an overall offense that seems to be trending downward just a little bit. And the reason a lot of people are now pointing to, that this offense is pointing downward, is Aaron Rodgers. And I think their point may be at least somewhat valid. There are some Aaron Rodgers problems with this offense. But rather than sit here and try to navel-gaze about what he's doing wrong this season or which exact plays that he's missed or or things like that, I would like to explore the overall picture of Aaron Rodgers by asking five questions. First, is Aaron Rodgers still good? I want to ask this because the conversation around players tends to skew towards either end of the hyperbole spectrum. Either guy is the best player who has ever lived, or he's the worst player who's ever lived who should be, if not just cut, perhaps just taken behind the stadium and shot. That would, if you if you did that, though, it might be a waste of a bullet. You know, that's the, that's the hyperbole extremes that we talk about. Aaron Rodgers is still a good player, and there's a few numbers that point to that. Adjusted net yards per attempt is one of the silver bullet passing numbers that people point to. He's putting up a good one this year. His adjusted net yards per attempt number is 7.17. His career average is 7.34. That's a good number. He's pretty close to his career good number this year. His adjusted net yards per attempt has also been pretty good for a while. His average per game over the last 32 games, two years worth of games, two seasons worth of games, is 7.28, even higher than it's been this season. His cumulative number for the same time period is 7.45, above his career average. His passer rating this year is 102, the best it's been since 2016. He's thrown 23 touchdowns against two interceptions. You can pick stats out of a hat. Chances are they're going to be pretty good for Aaron Rodgers. He's still a good quarterback. What people I think are getting to is the second question though. Is Aaron Rodgers playing as well as he could be? I think the answer there is no. The stats across the board for Aaron Rodgers, while good this year, have been trending downward now for quite some time. If we accept the idea that uh, peak Aaron Rodgers happened from 2010 to 2014 or so, a Super Bowl win and two MVPs, a 15-1 and season in there, there is a decline. Two significant areas he's had a lot of decline. Just in accuracy in general, in the peak period, He averaged 66.7% completion percentage over those five seasons or so. From 2015 to present, though, he's completing just 63.4% of his passes. And yes, his throwaways have ticked way up, but that's way more than just throwaways. You're not going to see almost a 3.5% drop just because he's throwing the ball away more. You've also seen a huge drop-off for Aaron Rodgers on third downs. That's the money down. On third downs from 2010 to 2014, Aaron Rodgers completed 61.7% of his passes. His passer rating was 107.2. He threw 48 touchdowns against 13 picks, and he was sacked just 62 times. But since 2015, Aaron Rodgers is just over 57% on third downs. His passer rating is a still good, but not so good for his standards, 98.8. He's only thrown 38 touchdowns against 11 interceptions, and he's been sacked 91 times. Aaron Rodgers takes third down sacks at an alarming rate, and he's been doing it for quite some time now. In 2019 alone, Aaron Rodgers is completing just 56.4% of his passes on third down. His passer rating is 90.7. He's been sacked 15 times on third downs. That's a pretty big drop-off. And it's a drop-off, but that's been going on for a while now. He's still a good player, but he's not playing as well as he could be. And those are two big areas. Completion percentage and just third-down performance in general. Third question, then, is why isn't Aaron Rodgers playing as well as he could be? There are three main issues here, I think. A couple of weeks ago, we broke down issues that a team can have into software issues and hardware issues. Software, thinking about this as a computer, is your software out of date? Are you just running the wrong program, trying to do the wrong thing? So on hardware issues, are: is your, your RAM out of date? You're just trying to do too much computer with too little hardware. Uh, you got too small of a hard drive. Your monitor too small, whatever. I think you understand. In football, the software is the coaching staff or the, 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 the scheme, the plays, Aaron Rodgers is dealing with some new software this year. He's got a new offense, and the offense he had before was not super great. It was out of date for some time. And a new offense takes some time to get used to. I don't know if that's the best argument in in your favor if you want to defend Aaron Rodgers for how he's played this year, but it is one. Maybe not the strongest one, but it is one I think you can use. That's fair. It takes some time to get used to a new offense. I uh, read a lot of things from a lot of different NFL players this offseason. This was something a lot of people talked about for some reason. They said it can take 8, 10, 12 games to really integrate into a new offense. That seems like a lot to me. But uh, if assuming that's, that's true, we're still just coming out of that window. So Aaron Rodgers may be still adjusting to this new offense. The second reason... That Aaron Rodgers may not be playing as well as he could be is just his supporting cast. His wide receivers have been on top of this soapbox for a while. His wide receivers and tight ends have not been great this year, and they haven't been great for a while. This season, they're especially not great. Beyond Devontae Adams, and even including Devontae Adams sometimes, it just hasn't been an especially weapons-heavy offense for Aaron Rodgers this year. That is a hardware issue. You can get more receivers. Maybe not right now, but you can get more of those someday. The second hardware issue Though, deals with one player, and that player is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers isn't playing as well as he could be because he's apparently stopped caring about things like footwork. Aaron Rodgers has really, really bad footwork lately. He consistently fails to step into throws, and it results in his throws being all over the place. They're too long, they're too short, they're too left, they're too right. He doesn't have enough power in them, he has too much power in them. And this is not some armchair quarterback thing. First, I think it's self evident. You watch Aaron Rodgers throw the ball. He does not throw the football like a typical quarterback throws it. And it works for him a lot. It also doesn't work for him a lot. But it also is just something that is a natural body mechanics thing. You can try this in your backyard yourself. Get a football, a baseball, a basketball, a small child, and go up in your backyard. Try to throw that thing with both feet on the ground. Then try to throw it with just one foot on the ground. Then try to throw a football or baseball or basketball, or a small child, like you're trying to shoot a fadeaway jumper. Just throw it leaning back, fading away from wherever you're trying to throw it. You're going to see dramatically decreasing accuracy and power, control, as you go through that process. It's basic stuff, but Aaron Rodgers just doesn't seem super interested in it. Now, can these issues be fixed? Our fourth question. Let's look at the issues again. Can the new offense be fixed? The problems with the new offense? Yes, absolutely. The more time you spend in an offense, the more familiar with it you become and the better you play in it. You know where all those moving pieces are supposed to be. You know where all the furniture is. I use the analogy pretty consistently of uh, being in a new place, uh, like trying to get around your house in the dark. If you've lived in the place you live for a while... You could walk around that place with your eyes closed. You know where everything is. You know where the light switches are. You know where the stairs are. You know where the furniture is. You can move around that house in the dark, no problem. But if you move into a new place and the lights go out at night and you've got to get up to go to the kitchen, get a drink of water, go to the bathroom, whatever, you're going to have a hard time. You don't know where everything is intuitively. That's playing in a new offense. The second issue, not having good pass catchers can also be fixed pretty easily. You don't have any wide receivers or tight ends who can catch the ball? Well, just get some new ones. And if they don't add pass catchers of significant caliber this offseason, I think that's time to hit the panic button a little bit. Maybe a lot. Because the Packers have not done a whole lot to upgrade that group. You've got Jimmy Graham, who's been a bust as a free agent signing. You've got three receivers drafted late, And you've got Jace Sternberger, a third round pick. That's not a ton of investment in people who catch the football for you. The third issue, Aaron Rodgers not using good fundamentals, is also fixable. We've seen him throw with good fundamentals before, even in the not too distant past. 2014 isn't all that long ago. Aaron Rodgers drops back, plants his feet in the ground, and throws. You've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. It's happened before. He can do it. But the fifth question is where things get a little bit dicey for me. Will these issues be fixed? The first issue, the new offense, is a maybe for me. Not all coaching transitions work. A coach arrives, sets up a new offense, a defense, whatever, And it just doesn't take. The team doesn't buy in. There are personnel issues. Whatever the case may be, sometimes it just doesn't work. That may happen in Green Bay yet. A lot of coaches have started out very good their first year and tailed off. Sean McVay says hi. But it's happened in Packers history too. Look at the Mikes. Mike Sherman, Mike Holmgren, Mike McCarthy. They all started pretty strong. They all tailed off. Some more than others. Now, they didn't tail off for some time, but the tail off came. Some quicker than others again. And just because Matt LaFleur has a good first season doesn't guarantee future success. The second issue, yes, that has to be fixed. The Packers have to have more pass catchers. Same as above, if they don't add people this offseason, hit the panic button because somebody's asleep at the stick. It's not going to get fixed this year. There's nobody out there who the Packers can bring in right now that's going to help him, help him down the, the stretch run, I'm sorry to say. I will still keep harping up on that, though, if the Packers receivers do not play well. I think that's worth pointing out, because that's part of the story of the team this year. But that third issue, will Aaron Rodgers start playing with better fundamentals? Will he use his feet better? Will he improve his footwork? For me, that's a solid No. I do not think that is going to improve between now and the time that Aaron Rodgers is done playing quarterback for the Packers. And the reason is this. Aaron Rodgers is 100% aware of these issues. These problems with his fundamentals, with the way he throws the ball, with the way he uses his feet, have been issues for some time. And they haven't been corrected for some time. And that means one of two things. First, it's possible that nobody is telling Aaron Rodgers that he needs to correct these problems. That is a pretty self-evident issue, right? If you've got a problem with your star player and nobody's telling him that it's a problem, well, that's a pretty big coaching issue, wouldn't you agree? But the second possibility is even more concerning. It's possible that people are telling Aaron Rodgers about these problems and he's just not listening. He's decided not to fix them for whatever reason. Brett Favre was that way. And it's interesting to have this conversation with that in mind. Aaron Rodgers, the successor to Brett Favre, is kind of Farvian in a lot of ways. He's very much his own man. The way that he is perceived is not always the same as the private Aaron Rodgers. Depending how much you believe those anonymous reports or maybe those not-so-anonymous reports from Greg Jennings and Jermichael Finley. And he's got some bad habits as a quarterback. And this is where the anti-Rodgers brigade makes their hay. Colin Cowherd, Skip Bayless, you know the ones... The frustrating thing about that is, even if they're just parachuting in to do takes without knowing the whole story, there's an element of truth here. Not exactly sure what percentage or which part of it exactly is true, but there's something going on here. These problems with Rodgers playing the way he has have been problems for a while. I think we've all seen these issues for some time, and they haven't changed, and that's where those takes come from. You could talk for a long time about Mike McCarthy, or Aaron Rodgers not listening to Mike McCarthy, or Mike McCarthy's offense not being any good, or whatever. But now Mike McCarthy is gone, and you've got Matt LaFleur here. And the problems haven't changed at all. The things that were problems before Mike McCarthy left are still problems now. And they have to change, I think, or there's going to be a ceiling on the Packers' offense. And I'm interested to see what the Packers can do operating with that ceiling in place over the rest of the season if it doesn't change. And I think there's reason to believe that at least one part of it isn't going to change in the relatively near future, or perhaps ever. So I've got for you in this episode. I do appreciate you listening in. I really appreciate everybody who takes the time to download. If this was your first episode, hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you've been here for a while, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you happen to listen to the show. It does help more people find us. If you would also do me a favor and just share this with somebody you know who might get something out of it. We're trying to grow the audience here. We got to do some word of mouth advertising too. So if you wouldn't mind sharing it with somebody you know who might get something out of it, I would very much be... uh, in your debt for that. If you want to take your support to even a further level, consider joining us at patreon.com slash thepowersweep. Donating a dollar per month there is enough to offset our hosting costs for this podcast and for the website. That that goes a long way. We really appreciate that. Check out our t-shirts and sweatshirts as well by clicking the shop link at thepowersweep.com Or if you've got an idea for the show, want to say hi, got a question, something, reach out via Facebook, via Twitter, via email, via the contact page at thepowersweep.com, whatever you choose, get in on the conversation because joining the conversation helps further what we're talking about, which furthers our mission of helping everybody become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We will see you next time on Blue 58.